welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, Scott, how are you? I am good. You ready to tackle today's question? I'm ready. It's a good one. One I hear a lot. Yeah, it's one that we get pretty often. Um, it's really looking at, and the question is, um, what should I do when I've already maxed out my retirement plan? So who, let's start. Who, who typically is asking this question? What's a general demographic of someone that has this issue? Yeah, it's, um, I usually see it from um, professionals like doctors and lawyers or from kind of the, the executive um, side of, of the corporate world where we have enough cash flow that we're, we're already saving our, our maximum amount to the 401k. And what do we do next? What do we do now? Exactly. Exactly. So let's start with this. Um, I'm going to assume that you've come to me and you've asked me that question. You called me and said, hey, James, I'm maxing my 401k. What is next? I think the first thing we always want to go back to is what are your priorities? You yeah. know, what, what is it that's important to you? I think people just in our nature or you know, if, if it's something that you read about or whatever it may be, some people are just so ingrained to think, okay, save, 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 retirement, retirement, retirement. And that's not bad in some regards, but you have to first start with what are your priorities? You know, if your goal is to purchase your dream home or your goal is to send kids to college or your goal is to be able to leave your job and start your own business as soon as possible or whatever it may be, well, you're going to invest very differently. You're going to use very different accounts than you would if it is actually retirement planning that you're talking about. Yeah. So I think number one is what what's most important to you today and what is it that we're looking to plan or invest for? Right. And you know that, that does get back to that bigger question of what's most important to you and what do you want to drive towards? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you on that 100%. Awesome. Um, okay. Let's assume that someone is uh, loves their job, loves what they're doing, uh, and they want to keep going. And they've maxed out their 401k. Maybe it's their 403b. What, what do you do now? So assuming their goal still is retirement to making sure they can uh, save more to that, I've got a few things I, I go through with them first. Number one, make sure you actually are maxing out your 401k plan, what, Scott. What do you mean? I think some people, you know, they let's assume you have a 401k and you get a 6% match. Yeah. So if you put 6% of your salary in, your employer matches you 6%. Well, some people do that, and rightfully so, and they think they've maxed out their 401k. Mm-hmm. And there's a very big difference between maxing out your employer match versus actually maxing out your 401k. Excellent point. So what's the total max number we can put away if you're under 50 in a 401k this year? If you're under 50 for 2019, the max you can put in is $19,000. Okay. And then if you're over 50, there's a catch up. There's a catch up. You can put another $6,000 in. Okay. So, so you can total, get 25,000 total. 25,000 total. Okay, great. So, um, I, and the other thing I've caught on that for clients as well, which is kind of important. If you've ever in the past put in a specific dollar amount to save out of your paycheck, go back and check it. 
because that number that we just gave you, 19,000, a couple of years ago was 18,000. Right. So if you, a couple of years ago, set your max at 18,000, well, it's still going to be set there if you did it as a dollar amount. Exactly. Whereas if you set it as a percentage of your pay with your pay increases and things like that, more than likely you'll still be maxing it out. Exactly. So just something to keep in mind. So make sure you're actually maxing it out, whether it's because you set it the dollar amount and, and contribution limits have gone up or... Also, Scott, you set it at a dollar amount and you've since turned 50. Yeah. And you were maxing it out at, say, 18000 or 19000 but now you're over 50. Well, you can take advantage of that catch-up provision. Yep. So make sure you're doing that first. Make sure you're getting the full amount in and make sure that you're thinking about maxing the 401k limits, not just the 401k match, which right. may be a whole lot lower. Well, and just to be clear, 401k, when we're saying that, we mean qualified retirement plans. So if you have a 403b, that would count as well. If you have a thrift savings plan, that would count as well. Um, another thing that some people might come to it, when I'm looking at this, especially with um, doctors at 401 at, non- at nonprofits, um, they'll have 457 accounts. Mm-hmm. So now you can contribute $19,000 to your 403b and $19,000 to your 457 account for retirement. So you can put even more away. Exactly. Which is something to look at as well. Exactly. Exactly. So first, take a look at the retirement planning options that are right in front of you is the first thing I tell people. First things first. If they've done that, then oftentimes I'll see have they done a a Roth IRA contribution or potentially a backdoor Roth IRA contribution or non-deductible IRA. You, You get what I'm saying. but. Well, and what we're saying for, for the people at home is um, if you make over a certain amount of money, you're not allowed to make a Roth IRA contribution. But if all of your all of your IRA, like qualified retirement money is sitting in qualified retirement accounts like 403Bs, 401Ks, 457s, solo 401Ks, places like that, um, you can make a contribution to an IRA account. It's called a non-deductible IRA contribution, mm-hmm. and then you can convert it to a Roth. Sometimes it's called a backdoor Roth IRA. Um, it's really just a non-deductible IRA with the Roth conversion, mm-hmm. um, but it is another place you can go save money. Exactly, because I think people look at the limit and they say, oh, I make $300,000. I don't qualify for a Roth IRA. That's true, but there are ways of getting money into a Roth IRA, uh, depending on a few factors. Yeah, your and point. the big key there is... Before you do that, make sure all of your other pre-tax savings accounts are not in rollover IRAs, traditional IRAs, SEP IRAs, things like that. Talk to a tax professional, talk to an advisor before you right. go start doing that program. Because if you do it the wrong way, you end up owing taxes on some of the money you already have. Exactly. So do a backdoor Roth IRA contribution, assuming things are in order, assuming you've gotten the guidance to make sure that But it's another place to save. So, so far you've saved $19,000 to a 401k. Maybe if you have a 457, you did a little bit more. Maybe Mm -hmm. you have a catch up. So you've done more there. Now you could put away, what is it? $6,000 to a backdoor Roth. 6,000 to a Roth IRA. If you're over 50, you can do 7,000. So catch up provision there as well. And let's assume you've done both those. Okay. You've you've done the 401k. You've done the Roth IRA. Uh, You can also do the HSA. Now, an HSA isn't offered to everyone. What's HSA mean again? HSA stands for health savings account. And what's a health savings account? So if you have a high deductible health plan, which means if you go to the doctor or if there's something that requires uh, some sort of medical bill, your deductible, meaning the, the amount that you owe before insurance kicks in is high, you have what's called a high deductible health plan. If you have that, you may be eligible for a health savings account, which is a tax-free way that the government allows for you to save for those medical expenses that you may have. Now, the beautiful thing about that is when you contribute to an HSA, 
typically through salary deferrals through your employer, that money is tax-free, at least from a federal level. Yes. Now, one thing as we were just talking is HSA contributions may or may not be deductible depending on which state you're in. California and New Jersey need to catch up. California and New Jersey, <laughs> catch up, please. <laughs> they are also deductible from the state level if you're not in California and New Jersey. Now, we're in California, so that, of course, is, I think, going to impact a lot of these listeners, so keep that in mind. But then what's also cool is those HSA contributions, they aren't subject to what are called payroll taxes, which is a 7.65% that you're paying into Social Security and Medicare. So when you're saving that money to an HSA, it goes in tax-free. I'm going to put an asterisk next to that because it may not be state tax-free, but tax-free to some regards. Yeah. And if you pull it out for tax for medical expenses, it's also tax-free. Yeah. And if you don't end up using it for medical expenses and you're in retirement, you can kind of use it just like an IRA. Right. So that's another great place to save if you've already maxed out your 401k and Roth IRA. Yes. Um, another place where if, if you're in the corporate world mm-hmm. and you're uh, in a company that has an employee stock purchase plan, uh, hopefully you're doing that too. Hopefully you're doing that too. And that's probably something like we were talking about earlier, Scott. You probably want to be doing that uh, before you're doing some of these other things. That's yeah. It's kind of a version of free money. So, you know, just the, we should probably do an episode on ESPPs in more detail, employee stock purchase programs. But essentially what they are is they, the employer allows you to take some of your post-tax money, money that you would normally have come into your bank account, set it aside, and then normally one time or two times a year or maybe quarterly, um, you go buy the stock at a discount. And then you can turn around and sell the stock right away. Um, and then the discount amount you have to pay ordinary income tax on. So right. we'll probably do an episode to explain that in more clarity in the future. But it's a way to basically just give yourself a little pay raise right. by participating in an employee stock purchase program. Exactly, exactly. So if you think you've maxed out everything, first make sure that you actually are maxing out your 401k. See if there's potential to do a backdoor Roth contribution or maybe just a straightforward Roth IRA contribution, depending on your income. Um, make sure that you're taking advantage of your HSA and make sure that if you do have an employee stock purchase plan, you're doing that too. Now let's assume you don't, or you, uh, uh, let's assume you have done all those. Yeah. Now what do you do? Now what do you do is a big question. I think this is what people are really getting at. One thing that I find, I'm not sure if you see this too, Scott, is I have a lot of people come to me that say, how do I invest now that I've, I fully maxed out all these other options, done my Roth IRA, I've done my 401k, I've done whatever it is. And I think a lot of people have the impression that those are the only places you can invest for retirement. Yeah. What uh, some people, now this obviously isn't everyone, but many people don't know that you can literally open up what's called just a, a, a brokerage account, an individual account, a trust account, whatever it is. You can open up what's called a non-qualified account, which means you don't get the same tax benefits that you do in retirement accounts and invest pretty much the same exact way that you could in a Roth IRA, 401k, 403b, whatever the the account may be. Yeah. So when people are asking, what's my next option? Well, know that you have an un- there's no limit on how much you can invest in a non-retirement account. If you want to invest a million dollars a year, there's no, there's no limit on how much you can put in that account. You just don't get the same tax benefits that you would with these other retirement accounts. Right. And there are still ways to manage that a taxable account in a tax-efficient manner. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't get the benefits on the front end or the back end like you do with a Roth account or a 401k account. Exactly, exactly. So know that that's, that's an option. Um, one thing I often encourage people to do is assuming that they have any debts, whether it's a mortgage or another debt altogether, is if you've already maxed out a lot of these accounts, 
well, consider paying down debt. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you've got the the mortgage loan, you've got a car loan or a student loan or whatever it may be, it may be time. Maybe you've already done this, but if not, uh, certainly think about paying those off. Yeah, I agree. I think it's at least it needs to be a part of the conversation. It all it it, it comes back to what interest rate are you paying, and mm-hmm. what interest rate are you paying relative to the opportunity cost of investing in something else, and you can kind of start weighing those benefits for yourself, and then you decide what you want to do from there. Or you know, we we none of this is in a vacuum. So you can always do a little bit of a few things, right? You can invest some, you can pay down some debt, some, you know, all all options. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, especially if you're going into retirement or nearing retirement, some people like knowing, uh, they just like having the comfort of knowing that they're mortgage free or debt free or whatever it may be, just because Mm -hmm. the less you have an expense says when you're no longer working, the less pressure you put on your portfolio uh, to generate your living expenses when you're no longer earning a salary, of course. Yeah. So any other thoughts on that last one, other options once you've already maxed everything out? I think we're kind of, we, we hit them. I mean, those, those are the big ones that we would look at. Um, you know, I mean, from there, the interesting thing, like as you grow your wealth, I think other options start to present themselves. Um, but until you have a few million dollars of net worth, I don't think you need to, to we need to dive into those other options yet agreed and also this is assuming that your goal your primary goal is retirement we already mentioned look if you're looking to save for college you're looking to save for a home or looking to do something else that's a totally different conversation this is saying where do you invest for retirement if you've already maxed out a lot of your options so i think that's just a a good summary of some of the options out there anything else you want to add scott uh the only thing i think i would would add is um well, you know, we were kind of looking at it from the standpoint of someone who's earning a salary. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not earning a salary as a business owner, you have other options, but I think we'll leave that for a different day. Okay. Awesome. Another topic for another day. Exactly. Well, I think that's enough for today. Thanks, Scott. Thanks Thank everyone you. who's listening and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to episode number 11 of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. We hope you're enjoying the show. And for a list of the resources and show notes from today's episode, please head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. That is realpersonalfinance.co and find episode number 11. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and please let us know by leaving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate that and it would get the word out about our podcast to more people. And if you have a question you'd like for us to answer, then head over to our website at realpersonalfinance.co and there will be a section at the bottom of each page where you can ask your own question for us to answer on a future episode. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.